0: Hey, everyone, welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bank. Happy New Year, everyone. Hopefully you had a very good holiday.
1: Hey, happy New Year, folks. We're back.
0: We're back, back and again.
1: We're... <laughs> we are back.
0: Tell, Tell a friend. friend. And uh, by the way, everyone, we the it.
1: best podcast. We the best podcast. And as you can see, Santa was good to me. I got this wonderful new mic. Oh, lovely. Love to hear it, Bill. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Yeah, the old one crapped out moment of
0: silence. Moment over. <laughs> yeah, taps. Um. Anyways, so we hope you all are having a wonderful evening tonight. Uh, we just wanted to let you guys know that we are this, this is our first one of the 2022 season. We're back. We're right, 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 but what's tonight's topic on mixed bag?
1: well, tonight's topic on mixed bag, my friend, is we all have the okay. You know when movies say they're when movies say they're. Based on a true story. Yeah. All I can say is folks. Take that with a grain of salt. Take that with a grain of salt. Because when movies say they're based on a true story. It means part of it they'll go. Yeah we we made shit up. (laughs) We made some shit up. But. Okay so today we're actually talking about historically inaccurate movies. Oh, yeah. Movies that, okay, we're not talking about those that mess up here and there. You know, that they make little mistakes. We're talking about movies that a good chunk of it they get wrong. Yeah. A good chunk of it they get wrong. So, you know what, I have to um, you know, I have to ask you, JT, before we move forward, yeah, what's up? Your mom's a history teacher, right? Correct. When she watches movies that are based on historical events, is she like that person who goes, That didn't happen, that didn't happen, that didn't happen, that didn't happen. Okay, uh, that happens.
0: Sort of here and there, sort of here and there, but sort of here and there. I'm not not entirely like she she's pretty accurate with what she does, but that's that's that. So
1: no, because I have you know, because I have friends who are like big history buffs or they know what really happened and they'll sit there going, about 90% of what happened in this movie was false.
0: Yeah, there's some people who are like that. Let's face it.
1: And you know, I just want to say that. Just because movies are historically inaccurate, it doesn't mean they're necessarily bad. No, it doesn't mean they're bad. It, it, it And like, here's the thing. When, again, when they say, based on a true story, that doesn't yeah. mean everything in this movie happened was true. Even the, Even what he had for... For breakfast on that morning, even the way he hauled that fork when he was eating his eggs, that happened. They mean like, yeah, a good chunk of what ha- what ha- in this film did happen, but we made shit up, but we did make some shit up. We oh yeah. Some artistic liberties. All right. I'm sorry. Go on, buddy.
0: You're, you're fine. You're fine. So, but tonight's topic is historically inaccurate films. I only have four. Bill has five, I believe. Four or five. I'm thinking uh, of right. one more. We're not, if we, if we come with anyone's up here, it's just, we'll, we'll figure it out. Anyways, let's get right to it. You want
1: to start or you want me to start? Um, you know what? How about, um, you want to start? Cause I'm trying to think of one more. Sure. I will start tonight. And, uh,
0: Let me share my screen with all of you at home who are watching live right now on YouTube. (laughs) So my first one that I thought of on the on the top of my head, uh, I I, got to tell you the honest truth. I'm a big you know whoever watches me for a long enough time, they know this. I'm a big 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 fan of this band. They're not. I love them. I haven't seen them live, but Bohemian Rhapsody, everyone.
1: Oh, that was going to be, that was the one I just thought of. You know what that means, JT? We, we swiped right. Right. We swiped right!
0: Wow, Ironically, we... wearing a Def Leppard t shirt at the same time. Let's go.
1: First of the new year. First show of the new year. We swiped right. Heck yeah, buddy. We Let's go. We swiped right.
0: Yeah. How about that? So, we're, 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 Bill, I mean, uh, Bill, are we going out to dinner? Are we going to the movies? What's going on? But where, where do you want to go? Let's go out uh, to the movies and
1: watch, rewatch Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't think that's playing in theaters. You want to go rewatch No Way Home? I'm like, sure, why not? That works. That <laughs> we'll works.
0: Let's see what we can do. That um, so works. So look, this I like, as great. To be honest, this was a great movie. Let's face it; it won a couple of Oscars. It was fantastic. I thought it was great. However. There were some, and I'm waiting for Bill to ch- rip me off and just chime in immediately. There were some things about this movie that I actually thought that were actually completely inaccurate. And the one that's immediately popping out in my head right now, and I want Bill's help on this too, is the fact that at, towards the end of the movie, uh, right before they perform at Live Aid, Freddie Mercury is he sells Brian May, which did, this did not happen, but it's it's in the movie, Brian May. Roger Taylor and John Deacon find out that Freddie Mercury has AIDS, which is not true. We found out that Freddie Mercury had AIDS the day after he died. So that's a big one that stood out to me. I mean, Bill, what
1: do you got? Yeah, well, no, the same thing is it's like they said he got AIDS right before Live Aid. Yeah, which is not true. But what happened was he didn't get AIDS till like 87, I think. Yeah, and Live Aid was what 84? 85, 85. Right? he didn't get to like 86 87 maybe 88 all oh, right yeah but um but no they but I think the thing it, and and you know when he was going off about how um about how he was the about how how that this they were probably going off like this could be his last chance before he dies But, like, here's what you gotta know, though. Um, They were actually talking about doing a sequel after this, but because of that little historical inaccuracy, you kind of can't really do anything like that anymore. No, and
0: yes, that's unfortunate. If you didn't
1: do that, then yes, you could go forward. But what are you going to show
0: after Live Aid?
1: As Justin said, the AIDS years? Yeah, like,
0: him actually having AIDS in, like, the... Late eighties into ninety one. I mean, I don't know. Well,
1: I don't want to be, you know that that would be a very depressing film.
0: Yeah, but the and Bill and I have talked about this too. There's on a side note. the only type of film, the only artist biopic of a band or artist that could have a sequel is Nirvana. Let's face it,
1: because they could have like a Marvel Marvel style end credit scene yes. with Dave Grohl outside of a. Store outside of a store with a, with the cassette saying Foo Fighters, and then the next movie's being made of the Foo Fighters. Yeah, but and like yeah. here's the thing: another in historical inaccuracy, and this is a big one. They said that Queen broke up. That Queen broke up before Live Aid, and this was the reunion show. Not true. They were they never broke up. They were still together.
0: Yeah, no, that that's absolutely absolutely true.
1: Like. But there was but it was a time that they were redeeming themselves and they didn't touch upon this in the movie, which I don't remember. I haven't watched this movie in a while, but yeah, I saw it a couple years ago. But I don't remember if they touched upon this because this was around in the 80s when apartheid was going on in South Africa. Yeah. And a lot of artists were protest were protesting and they weren't playing shows in South Africa Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: Queen did. And they kind of got a little bit of a black mark after that. Yeah. And they kind of got a little bit of a black mark after that. And well, okay. To be fair, it's not like they supported apartheid. If they were like, listen, we're not into politics. We just played where our fans were. Yeah. no. But this was kind of their redemption show. Because after this, everyone forgot about all that. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Like, like, but what did really happen is I don't really know if this happened. Queen, when they were playing, I don't know if, if it really did happen or not. That's seen when Queen's playing and Bob Galdoff and them are in the back room. And when Queen's playing, the phones are ringing off the hook to donate. Oh, yeah, yeah. That no one knows for sure if that's actually true or not, but no, but that was the staple of Live Aid. It definitely was. But you know what? I think it's the thing is because the guy who directed this, I think, also directed Rocket Man. The director? Yeah. Brian Singer was the director of X Men of Future Past and a couple of the X Men. No, no, I know somebody also had work on Rocket Man. Oh, oh uh, I forgot if somebody also worked on this one, I think. But anyway, but if you take a film like this, comparing it to Rocket Man, Rocket yeah. Man does have a lot of historical inaccuracies, but this is where Bohemian Rhapsody really screws the pooch. Mm-hmm. It's the tone of the film. Because they really take it like everything in this movie happened. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Even the what what Freddie had for lunch that day, the way he held the sandwich, everything is true.
0: Like the kiss on TV during live aid to his mother.
1: Everything happened. Well, yeah. Rocket Man, you can be a little more forgiven. Because they don't take itself... It doesn't take itself too seriously.
0: Yeah, which which sucks for me. I still haven't seen Rocket Man, which is disappointing for me.
1: Like, so I won't go into too much spoilers, but... I I don't really care if you want. I'm going to see it at some point. Because, you know, they... At the end, they have him, Elton John, singing I'm Still Standing, thinking that, oh, he wrote that to get out of his drug recovery. But no, Mm -hmm. he was still on drugs when he wrote that song.
0: Oh yeah, no, he, he wasn't sober until like nineteen ninety two? Three, I forget, but
1: yeah. But anyway, the thing is, I think when you have something like Rocket Man when the tone's a little more laxed, when they do historical inaccuracies, you can be a little more forgiving. Cause the show it's like we're taking this, we're not taking this too seriously. You get it? Yeah, I gotcha. We're not taking this too seriously. But what like, but when you have the "everything happened" tone in Bohemian Rhapsody, that kind of destroys your credibility a little bit. That kind of destroys your credibility a little bit. Yeah,
0: uh, Matt Hams in the chat were just pointing out that you were thinking of Ruben Fleischer, who took over Bohemian Rhapsody from Brian Singer and directed Rocket Man.
1: Oh, first of all, Mackenzie, and and thanks, buddy, for pointing this out. Yeah, random facts with Matt. Random facts, random facts with Matt, random facts with Matt. Love to see also, you. Joe Wiley's here tonight.
0: Hello. How you doing?
1: What's going on, Joe? Good to see
0: you. Good to see you. Um, but yeah, so my first pick would be Bohemian Rhapsody, just for like some reasons of of inaccuracy here and there and um, not f- completely factual films. I
1: mean, I, uh, I tell see- us what your historically inaccurate movies are. We'd love to hear them. Yeah, let us know. All right. Anyways,
0: uh, do you want to go next? You want to go to your pick?
1: Um, One. um, You know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to start with this one, but I'm going to make it's not going to be too long because this is something I have talked about before. Which one? And that is the movie Rudy. I didn't even think of that. Okay, I'm going to keep my remarks here very brief because what was that? Go for it, Bill. Because if you watch the Thanksgiving show, I went into... Yeah. I went very in-depth. So... Like for a solid 20 sort of minutes,
0: like, he went in-depth. Just saying. For a solid this 20 minutes. This is
1: sort of... I'm not going to go 20 minutes this time. I'm going to yeah. go 19 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, This is what... Here's what I'm going to repeat these points. A lot of what happened in this movie was fictionalized 1 Rudy did not have a brother named Frankie who antagonized him he was the oldest of the sons that's 1 2 Rudy did 2 the big scenes the big scenes that everybody talks about the the jersey scene when the, oh wait Before I get to the Jersey scene, the groundskeeper character that's supposed to be like the motivational guy Mm -hmm. who's who basically who basically tells Rudy to keep going. He wasn't real. Damn, he wasn't real. Sorry, folks. He wasn't real. They just made that up. And of course, the scene that everybody talks about and they get teary eyed, the Jersey scene. When they're all throwing in the jerseys and they're saying "for Rudy, for Rudy, for Rudy," that didn't happen. Dan Devine, who was the who was the coach of Notre Dame at the time, he even stated, he even stated, "Yeah, uh, that didn't happen. If a player put his, if a player put his jersey on my desk, they would never see it again." If they asked to come back I'd say hell no So and also speaking of Dan Devine, they kind of portray him that he was that that he didn't like Rudy when in all honesty he really did like him in real life. and I would have ruined all of your lives right now the scene when the whole stadium goes crazy and they're like Rudy 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 Yeah that didn't happen. That did not happen. Damn, (laughs) And and the scene when they were carrying him off the field That was only a prank It wasn't real genuine Because One of the things was And I've said this before NFL legend Joe Montana One of if not the best quarterback in the NFL Top five hands down Top five hands down who was a Notre Dame alumni? He was a freshman when Rudy, when Rudy was a senior, and and he said, and he said, um, and and because Sean Astin, who played Rudy, was on the Dan Patrick show, and he said Joe Montana said that the Jersey scene and all that didn't happen, and. And Sean asked and said, well, that's a fair point. You know, Joe was real. He was there. And he has a right to speak about what he said. But I don't think Mr. Montana was really a big fan of this movie. Mm. Because he kept saying, like, nobody threw their jersey in. Nobody was chanting Rudy, Rudy, except for a few. He wasn't carried off the field in triumph. It was a joke. Everything and most of what happened in this movie was fictionalized. But um, yeah, so sorry to ruin all your hopes and dreams, folks.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Bill, Bill does not support ruining hopes and dreams either.
1: <laughs> but I have to tell you the facts. JTF, just the facts. And by the way, actually, fun fact before we move on. This is nothing to do with the accuracy of the movie. Shout out to my good friend, Mark Halpern, a.k.a. Old Ops Guy. He actually got me a Rudy Funko Pop for Christmas. Oh, nice. He got me a Rudy Funko pop for Christmas. So I'm like, yeah. Thanks, Mark. Lovely. Um, all right, it's, is it my turn? Are you all set? It is your turn, my friend.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to keep that tab open for us. So the next one I have is, and I, I, I don't know a lot of, because I've only seen the movie a couple, like twice, because it's like a three hour long movie. But Braveheart is a movie that was, it was a great, movie oh my god Braveheart so good but there was so many there's a I don't this is why I wanted to have this pick because I think Bill knows about this more than I do but I wanted to pick this because I do know for a fact that there are some inaccurate moments in this movie historically speaking for Braveheart Bill I just want to say before you move
1: on yeah, Hemsley one of those two movies I'm going to be talking about soon so hold your horses hold your horses there Matt um Bill what I because for, forgive
0: me, forget me for, correct me if I'm wrong. The snuff
1: in Braveheart. I'll be honest, it, I haven't seen Braveheart, but I'll pull up a Fact or Fiction page for you. Yeah. Oh my God! All right, okay, I'll get out on it. I, I know what happens, though. a lot. Yeah, it's
0: like I I'm drawing a blank. I I I remember there was something. I remember hearing something that was wrong. Something historically wrong with it. Fact check with Bill. Um, but like. Basically, for those you don't know, this is a movie about that Mel Gibson started. It's about like the Scottish declaring their freedom from the British. It's a if you've never seen Braveheart, get on it. It's a really great movie that has a lot of um, incredible sequences of like real like action that like they're running towards each other. They're like they're about to, there's this incredible scene in this movie where like they're about to kill each other, and it's between the British and this and the Scottish, and it's incredible. Um, Bill, do you have those facts yet or no?
1: I'm trying to pull it up here. I'll okay. give you a second, but I just want to say it has the best, the best. What are the best speeches ever? Oh, yeah. You could they and take away our lives, but they can't take away our freedom.
0: Preach, man. Preach on that quote. And it, yeah. I do love that. But like like I said, there were Bill's pulling up the facts because I'm drawing a blank on this one. I'm sorry, everyone. But I do know that there are some historical inaccuracies about this film in particular. Um, I just
1: pulled up 10 of them. Oh, what do you got, Bill? Okay, the first flaw. The way he looked. (laughs) William Wallace. The first flaw in the film, and perhaps the best known, is the way which the title character looks. How most people perceive the image of William Wallace is incorrect. The iconic costume created by the film is known around the world. The blue face paint, the long, scruffy hair, and the tartan clothing. It is an image that has become associated with Wallace. The myths are Al- out. He didn't look like that, basically, for the film. Damn. That's unfortunate because <laughs> it's such a good movie. The affair with Isabella of France. That didn't happen. Oh, my God. That woman who's having an affair with from France. Yeah, no, no, no. that yeah. didn't happen. Jesus Christ,
0: what else his didn't happen? His wife was
1: executed. If we, okay, his wife actually was executed. Okay, okay, long shanks killing Scottish nobles, that was false. Really, yeah, wow, that's crazy. See what happens when you come here.
0: Yes, welcome to Mixed Bag, everyone. Um, that's great because some of these I didn't even know. That's the thing. The, the creep,
1: the, that creepy looking guy, Robert DeBrus. Well, he like he's missing an eye or whatever. Yeah, he wasn't. Hold on. The creepy. Yeah, the guy who was missing and an provided eye. children with nightmares across the globe. Well, your kids should have been watching this movie anyway. It's rated R. It's a. Ra- it's rated R for a reason. It's literally following inc- for the research. It turns out that he didn't suffer from. Oh, he didn't have left leprosy you know what because i'm guessing he had leprosy in the film oh okay robert De bus okay so that was made up damn okay it's
0: kind of ruining the film for me but i, 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 should, I should say it's ruining the film but it's like it's, it's just a great movie like i said if you haven't seen braveheart do yourself it's a fantastic film oh my god Mel Gibson at his finest. Aside from Lethal Weapon, it's one of his favorites.
1: Now one the of my favorites. Um, the battle was no, the battle was real, right? Yeah, I so, so the wrong. two main battles of the film are Sterling Bridge and Farlick. The producers okay. got revolt results of both battles correct. Everything else, not so much. The victory for the Scottish at at the at Sherland Bridge was a landslide, one of the most famous in their history. With regards to the film, they showed up. This is a victory on the open field. In reality, the Scots lured the English over a narrow bridge and split the bulk of their army. Then they barrage the enemy, killing hundreds, and forcing the English to flee. The film adaptation of Falkirk is so much more far-fetched, but Bruce dressed as a fact knight on Edward's side, You know what? Okay, let's see. Abandoned by his former comrades, the film shows that Wallace was betrayed before his death. That Wallace was betrayed before he died. That's actually not true. Really? Yeah. Damn. And the way he died was totally true, though. Oh, he actually died that way? Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right, should we tell the folks or should we um let them keep their dinner down? <laughs> let's, let's let them keep their dinner down and watch Braveheart, Jesus, guys. And fantastic! Movie. And you want to know something? I want to say this. Um, and this is a little bit of a weird thing to say here, but my um, shout out to my buddy Connor Walsh. Um, he told me a story about his grandmother years ago. And um, I think this is kind of appropriate because his grandmother just recently passed away like last week. Um, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Connor, we're thinking of you, buddy. But anyway, he told me this story of when they were watching Braveheart and she was very Irish and it mm-hmm. was an English thing and the Irish and English are not exactly best friends. And yeah. they and, and they said to her, uh, you sure you want to watch this, Grandma? This movie's a little, bl- this movie's kind of bloody. And she said, it's okay, it's English blood. <laughs> that's funny. It's a little that's- screwed up, but it is funny. He's like, that's,
0: yeah,
1: so. Um, Sorry. So, yeah, Um, rest in peace, Mrs. walsh, but yeah, but yeah, so I haven't, okay, like, here's the thing, I've been, wa- I've been curious to see Braveheart, but I've been kind of turned off by two things. What? One, this movie's like 12 hours long.
0: It's three hours. It's not that I'm bad. being
1: hyperbolic. I know it's three hours. <laughs> I'm just saying. And two, I'm not really a big fan of Mel Gibson. I think he's a I think he's an asshole.
0: Oh no. Oh no.
1: No, he is. He is an asshole. I didn't um, know that. Okay. I'll tell you off camera. Yeah, tell me later. Yeah. Hemsley knows Mel Gibson's an asshole, don't you, Matt Hemsley? Because Matt Hemsley knows everything. Oh, does he now? He does. He knows everything. He knows everything. But because he's Matt Hemsley. Um <laughs> but anyway. Um, but anyway, yeah, those are my two reasons. Like I think I just need a day when there's, like, nothing to do. Yeah. When it's, like, two feet of snow on the ground. <laughs> I think that's, like, a day I, sh- I need to sit down and watch Braveheart.
0: Hey, it's supposed to snow Friday, so who knows? Maybe that'll be my Braveheart day. That should be your Braveheart day. Why, that what, will be post- my Braveheart day. Because we do this every Wednesday, so if it snows on Friday, the seventh year should be good.
1: Yeah, but again, one of the best quotes ever. <laughs> I could take away our lives. But they can't take away our freedom! Oh, it's so good.
0: Oh, my God. Anyways, Braveheart, great pick. So thanks for helping me out, by the way. by the way, No problem. Uh, it is your go, my guy.
1: It is my go?
0: Yes, because you helped me out with that. That was my pick.
1: Okay. So this is a movie that I said was terribly overrated. But I think we're going to talk about this. The Sound of Music.
0: Somewhere my mother is screaming at you.
1: What, she doesn't, she likes it? She loves it. All right. Uh, before I begin, I'm going on a quick <laughs> apology tour. This is Mahoney. I am very sorry that I think this movie is overrated. That is my opinion, and I'm entitled to mine, and you're entitled to yours. That is what's so great about this great land of ours. So please accept my apology, but I do not apologize for thinking this movie is long and overrated. I do not apologize for that at all. But mm. now, in in the spirit of that, I am now going to root everybody's hopes and dreams about what really happened in this about what really happened in this movie. So, it's semi an apology, but sorry, not sorry. Thank you. Good night. Refreshments and t-shirts are available in the lobby. Um. <laughs> okay. Here's a few things you gotta know. They portrayed in the film they portrayed Maria von Trapp that she's sweet as pie and that Captain and that Captain Von Trapp is an ass, that mm-hmm. he's very strict and very stern. Yeah. In reality, in reality, it's actually the opposite. Really? Captain Von Trapp was actually very was actually very soft spoken. Huh. And he was actually a very nice guy. And how do I know this? And there will be references to this a lot. Um, I actually watched a documentary about the Von Trapp family. Ooh. So guess what? Documentaries! Rooted, rooted the fun for everyone since the beginning of time. Um, but anyway, M- Mr. Von Trapp was actually a very nice guy. He was very soft-spoken. Um, fault, the false part is M- M- Maria Von Trapp was was she really? Yeah, she said they said she had a really bad temper and she said there were stories about when she was fighting with Captain Von Trapp and the kids that when they're And when they were fighting with Captain Von Trapp and the kid, that she actually threw things. Like, you know, in the film, they portray her as Julie Andrews with the nice voice. And she does really have a nice voice. She does. Julie Andrews back then. And that she's sweet as pie. But no, in the film, in real life, Maria Von Trapp was a few fries short of a happy meal. (laughs) I heard that one. That's pretty good to be fair to Maria Von Trapp because there is this is the stuff they left out. Yeah, I'm going solely on a documentary here, folks. Yeah. Um she really didn't have the best childhood. She really didn't have the best childhood. Her um her mom died when she was 3. Her father abandoned her. She was left with an uncle who really wasn't the best human being and i think did some things to her that i'm not getting into detail yeah, but fine. he was he was abusive Oof. so she didn't really have the best childhood and and it's portrayed in the film Oh, sports they did get right. Maria did go into an abbey, into a convent to become a nun. That part is true. She did get sent to be the, to be the nanny for Catherine Von Trapp. That's true. Okay, but the part when they got married and they portray that this marriage was happy and the kids loved her. Like they loved her when she was their nanny, but when they got married, They weren't too happy because one of because one of the daughters was like, oh, she's coming in to replace my mother. And it showed that Captain Von Trapp and Maria's marriage was happy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like later on in years, they did grow to love each other. But in the beginning, it was not a happy marriage. That's a shame. I'm sorry, folks. I'm ruining everything. You think I'm done? (laughs) Oh, guess what? I'm not done. Oh, boy. Here we go. And here's the big thing that, actually, first about, because um, in this documentary, after um, Captain Von Trapp died, like, she was constantly at odds with the kids. Because at this point, they wanted to live their own lives. And, okay, the Von Trapp family singers, that was real. That is real. They're still going on today with, like, their great grandkids. But... They said that that actually what because at the at this point the kids were in their 20s and 30s and that she still had a tight grip on them. Mm. But and here's and now here's the big thing that it have you ever seen the movie or no? I have, yeah. You know that big, dramatic scene that they're escaping the Nazis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't happen. For real? It didn't happen. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that was dramatized. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, that was dramatized. Um, Yeah, what, what really happened is they just literally took a train over to Italy. But, you know, here's some interesting things, though, that... There was something here were some things that they did find that I that you would find interest in here. The um the von because this was around the time when the Nazis took over Austria.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Hitler actually invited the Von Trapp family singers to sing for his birthday. Well, I didn't know that. That's cool. And they said no. Oh. And there was actually the oldest son. And aside from the documentary, I also watched an interview with one of the um. with with two of the von Trapps, the oldest son who went to medical school when he graduated. They said the ink on the degree wasn't even dry yet. And he was already offered a job mm-hmm. at a hospital. To replace a Jewish doctor. Because this was around the time when it was started. And he was offered a job to replace a Jewish doctor. So so it's like... And, and, you know, and that they first went over to Italy and then they came over to America. Mm Mm-hmm. And they actually, the Von Trapp family lodge is actually, I want to say it's in Vermont. Okay. I could be wrong. And yeah, but, um, and the thing is the reason why they portrayed like their personality wise is because Maria Von Trapp actually wrote a book about everything that happened. I think
0: I remember that. Yeah.
1: And she sold the the rights to a German film company and then Rodgers and Hammerstein got it and turned it to a musical. And that's when the portrayal of and that's when the portrayal of Catherine von Trapp said she didn't like it. And when and when Rodgers and Hammerstein sold the rights to to the film company that was going to make The Sound of Music, she actually begged the director, can you please try to change the portrayal of my husband? And they basically said, Maria, we don't know what to tell you. You sold the rights to the German film company, which sold the rights to Rodgers and Hammerstein, which sold the rights to us, so we basically can do whatever the hell we want. You basically have no input. Yeah. And also, fun fact, and if during the scene when she's singing the song Confidence, if you look really close when Julie Andrews is singing, in that street near the Abbey, it's only a split second. You see the real Maria von Trapp. In the film? Yeah, she may, She doesn't talk or anything, but you see her walking by. No way. This is Ben. Random Facts with Bill! Random Facts with Bill! So, anyway, I, I am going to say this, and listen, Mrs. Mahoney, I know you said you like this movie, but the reason why I did this is one, I found the facts interesting. And two, I remember every year from kindergarten to sixth grade in music class, I had to watch this freaking movie. And and you know what? It's like when I actually watch the documentary, I'm like, wow, that was actually more interesting than the movie. That was actually more interesting. So yeah, folks, uh, sorry to ruin your hopes and dreams again. That's <laughs> yeah, all right, but yeah, uh, it, it, hopes and dreams were destroyed by the worst thing, and you know what that was?
0: Facts. And that you are full of many random facts, as we know. Facts. Sorry.
1: <laughs> okay, JT, your move, my friend.
0: So I had I had two, but in reality, I was thinking back to what I was talking about. Was I have only seen bits and chunks of each movie? once and one more than the other. So I'm at, I'm at a split decision here, Bill. One movie. Well, I could, I, I, cause I, I, I know I've already said four tonight. I want to go to three instead. What's that? Oh, uh, no, no, we will go on. We'll take questions at the end. Yeah. We'll take, we'll take your questions at the end, but I was going to say, um, I've only seen bits and chunks of each movie. And I, I feel like there's m- much more we can go up with the second one. So I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of Ben Hur from 1959 which is a really old film, because uh, I, I haven't seen that in forever. I only saw it once when I me- I remember doing research for this one. So I'm gonna cut out Ben Hur, but I'm gonna go over to JFK from 1991, because for it, for those of you who don't know, it's about the assassination of President Kennedy, and it's about like the trial and the, the Kevin Costner is never better in it. In my opinion, he's a fanta- I think he's a fantastic actor to be honest with you. But I mean, it basically. Is a, it's a movie that gathers all the information about um, the, the JFK assassination, and there were some things that I thought that there were. There's some things. Like I said, Bill, I need your help with this. Forgive me, but I'm, there were I'm some things. It
1: up right now, good buddy.
0: Thank you, because there were some things I remember that, that were not correct in the clips and sh- bits that I've seen. I haven't seen the full movie from start to finish because again, it's like three hours long. The long long movie it? it's 3 hours and 26 minutes long it's a long movie it's longer than lord of the rings return of the king let's put it that way <laughs> um but yeah like i just bill's pulling up the facts but for those you don't know this movie is about the, the assassination of jfk and how what goes on with that movie and what goes on with the characters and the behind the scenes and stuff like that bill you look like you're about to say something
1: yeah i'm no i'm just I'm just looking it up right now. But- yeah, cuz this
0: is my this is my last pick of the evening cuz like I was doing, this was a very hard list for me to make when we said this topic by the way. I was like, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" And I was like, I came up with Braveheart and I came up with this and I came up with
1: Bohemian like, Rhapsody.
0: Bohemian, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. I was like, "Oh my god, that's really it." <laughs> like unfortunately. But JFK was a very long movie. I've only seen it in bits and chunks because it's so long. Bill, what do you got?
1: Okay. Um, I'm just looking up some. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm just looking up some things here. Um, Oliver Stone directed this. Yes. As far as I know, JFK is the only movie in film history that was attacked six months before it was released in just about every broadcast and print outlet. The media's hostility toward Oliver Stone's JFK was an automatic response to the films in, into the film's implied question and the legitimacy of institutions, because there was the Warren report and there were like different theories about if JFK, like what really happened to J- JFK, the assassination and all that. Yeah. Although the purpose of the attacks was simply to maintain adequate public support for institutional power, because mm-hmm. there was the Warren report. Which said that, which basically concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. And some of these criticisms were valid. Basically, saying, I think it was basically from what I'm gathering, maybe someone out there who's smarter than me could actually get, but they're actually saying, like, oh my God, how dare you question the legitimacy of what the government said? How dare you? Right. How dare you question the legitimacy of what the government said um, in, in the Warren report? Um, some of the, you know, and pointed to the factual errors of one time and another, some criticism dealt with evidence that could reasonably be interpreted in more than one way. And some criticism was unfounded. Mm-hmm. In several cases, what were alleged to be factual errors? Okay, well, you want to tell me what the factual errors were? Sure. Yeah. Um. i dude. Looking through this is like trying to find the fountain of youth. Oh my god. Because you know, people actually write books on this crap.
0: I know. It's it give was, us
1: like the folks. Give us the. Cliff notes version. We don't have time to sit here and read through stuff. Sorry. But, but um, yeah, like there is YouTube videos about it, but we're not gonna show due to copyright. But yeah, but is that JFK's fact or fiction? Um okay. So they're basically saying a lot of the stuff. Hold on, you know who what probably has the information? Who? Wikipedia. Ah, can't be Wikipedia when in doubt. Go Wikipedia. to Wikipedia. Yes. Remember, kids, when in doubt, Wikipedia is free. It is. Isn't free information great? Okay, oh, yeah. let's see. The if they have his oh, they don't have a section for historical inaccuracies. That's interesting. Guys, I am really sorry here. Um you're fine, bud. I'm trying to look through this and get you some information here, but um, J.K. factor fiction I'm trying here guys I promise um okay so uh, they have to bring in people who look who wrote books
0: ay 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 well either way I mean it it how I mean it, it is a movie that is it's loosely based on the actual events though right
1: yeah it is loosely based on the actual events Yeah, I I think the reason why it gained controversy is because it kind of put fuel to the fire of all the conspiracy theories that were going on.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
1: And. And because, you know, I don't want this to become an anti-government rant here, but sometimes people, they just they just want those are the facts and we're sticking by them. Right. right, Um, I got you. Um. OK, God, I wish you told me you were talking about this. I would try to do some more research before we went on. Sorry, bud. no, I
0: and, and full disclosure. When we have these topics, it's just, like sometimes it's just difficult. We to, do like, not tell people what our list is. Yeah, we don't we don't tell each other what our lists are at all for any of our shows. We do. Um, we, we just kind of go off the cuff. And this is okay. one of the drawbacks of it. But That's OK.
1: OK, it says right here, Garrison Lane, who was one of the D.A.'s. Lane has not yet seen JFK, but he has read the shooting script. He said it is more fiction than fact. The reason Stone backs off from implicating the CIA, instead spreading the guilt around so widely that it leaves no one really responsible. Okay, well, it kind of gives a more nuanced picture then. Yeah, I was with Garrison all the way. Lane said he said the CIA killed your president. Now you could say Garrison was right or wrong, but you can't actually tell the story without saying that he blamed the CIA. Okay, I, I, from what I'm gathering, again, there's someone out there who's smarter than me, Matt Hemsley, um, who's smarter than me, um, who probably understands this better than I do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But from what I'm gathering... They tried to stay away from the conspiracy theories that the CIA may or may not have had something to do with the Kennedy assassination. Right. They tried to stay away from it. Yeah. And and it's it's very, you picked a very complex one, my friend. Um, I, It was one of the ones that I could think of. That's the thing. Yeah, so yeah, I think they try to they try to pick they did try to um depict this as you know as
0: non-conspiracy theory
1: as possible. Exactly, cuz they probably don't want to you know, we don't want to show the uh the possible theory that the CIA may have had something to do with Kennedy with the Kennedy assassination. So, so, so they
0: basically wanted, when they made this movie, they wanted to, to eliminate, number one, eliminate all the conspiracy theories. Number two, try their best to tell a great story.
1: Yeah, because listen, if you guys look into history, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories about For the everything. For everything, not just the there's, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories that do have, I will say there is one that does have legs. Which one is that? Okay, sorry, this is turning into a conspiracy theory podcast. Just just
0: show one. Just show one.
1: There is one conspiracy theory that has legs, and that is that the mob did it. Oh, okay. Because allegedly, here's the short version Um, Sam Gene Connell, who was one of Chicago's big mob bosses, was friends with Frank Sinatra. And Frank Sinatra was friends with JFK and all of them. Joe Kennedy was in Chicago during the 1960 election, and he met Sam Gene Connell. No, first, he met Sinatra, and Sinatra said, hey, Joe, I have someone who can help you. And he introduces him to Sam Jean Connell. And Sam Jean... He is goes, hey, I need to help Jack get elected. Can you help me? He goes, I'll see what I can do. Joe Kennedy leaves. Frank Sinatra and Sam Jean Connell are talking. And Frank goes, hey, listen, Sam. Jack gets elected. He's a buddy of mine. He'll just look the... Whatever you guys do, he'll look the other way. And then... Kennedy gets elected. Bobby Kennedy is attorney general. And Bobby Kennedy and Gene Connell sort of had a history together because Bobby Kennedy in the 1950s was on something called the McClellan Commission, which was a committee to take down organized crime. And allegedly Sam Gene Connell, when Bobby Kennedy started the War on Organized Crime, Sam Giancano calls Frank Sinatra and says, hey, Frank, you said if we got Jack in, he would let us do what we want. Well, guess what? Bobby's now coming after us. So Frank Sinatra basically tells Joe Kennedy, hey, can you tell Bobby to lay off this whole organized crime thing? He goes, why? No reason. He goes, why, Frank? And he goes, I kind of told Sam that if Jack got elected, he would let him do whatever the hell he wants. Oh, geez. And he goes, what? What? And he goes, you're going to, he says, why don't you tell Sam? No, you're going to tell Sam. Mm. And he goes, but but Joe, if he tells us, if he tells him, if I tell him, he's going to cut my throat. And then he basically said, good. Dean Martin will sell more records than you now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Again, I don't. So I think that conspiracy theory actually does have some legs. I'd say so. But, you know, there are other ones that the that Lyndon Johnson planned it. There were others that the that the Cubans did it, that the Russians did it. There's so many of them. If we were to go through every single one, we'll be here for a week.
0: Yeah, that's we're not, we're not here to do that. We're here to talk about movies and have fun.
1: So don't worry. Yeah. And I don't want to give you guys headaches.
0: Yeah, me neither. I'll write a whole book on them.
1: <laughs> that's oh, going to yeah. take me years to write. Um. Okay, so anyway, yeah, I'm trying to find what the fact and fiction are, but they're writing in those big, wor- in some weird languages, so. It's all right. I mean,
0: and, I mean pretty, we pretty much talk about the gist of it in general, though, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. You said that was your last one? That was my three. I had, four, I had Ben Hur on the list, but then again, I haven't seen Ben Hur in a long time. I actually time have enough. three more, if that's okay. Whatever, I, actually whatever. Have th- I actually have three more, if that's okay.
0: That's fine. How many did you have so far? Do you have three so far?
1: I had two. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I have three more here, guys. And then
0: we'll go to you guys in the chat board.
1: Okay. The first one is, and I actually just thought of this one. No disrespect to the late, great Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. Patch Adams. Patch Adams? Oh, you never heard of this movie?
0: I actually have not. Don't don't kill me, but I haven't
1: heard of it. Well, guess what? It kind of sucks anyway, so. All right. So you don't really need to be okay. So Patch Adams is basically the story of of a is basically the story of a doctor named Patch who is well actually his real name is Hunter. Um. Okay, I actually have the info pulled up here.
0: Oh, boy, he's got the info.
1: I got the info. Okay. That Patch was... Okay, it shows that Patch was... That Patch Adams was having a nervous breakdown and was sent to a psychiatric ward because he was contemplating about offing himself. Oh, jeez. All right. And at this... Well, okay, he basically becomes a doctor and tries to improve quality of life by being funny and goofy and being a clown. In reality, Patch it shows that he was in his 30s and 40s, but Patch Adams did in fact check himself into a psychiatric hospital, but he was actually he was actually younger when it happened. And and also and there was some. Um, it was saying that um, I'm I'm trying to gather everything here. Um, that patch has already been finishing. Patch did try. Okay, so what ha- Another thing that happened was that patches. Um, okay, they do show that there is a scene that patches girlfriend. That Patch Adams' girlfriend, um, that she, that someone that he got together, she didn't exist and showed in the movie that she was murdered. It was actually based off of his then wife, but he actually had a, he actually had a male friend who was murdered. Oh, geez. So they kind of screwed that up. And there was also a scene that he practiced without a license, which didn't happen. If the real Patch Adams is watching this, please tell me if that's true or not, because I heard you didn't practice, because I hope you didn't because you do sound like a good guy. But (laughs) and saying that he stole medicine from a hospital. Yeah, which didn't happen. And so basically it's a a movie about like something.
0: It's a movie that a lot of that there's a lot of stuff in it that did not happen.
1: Yeah, it's basically about a doctor who tries to improve the quality of life of his patients. Like he comes in clowning and this one woman says she has a fantasy of being in a swimming pool full of noodles. Okay. And the real Patch Adams, because he is actually a real doctor, though. He is actually a real doctor. And he is a real doctor. And he, he's a real doctor and you want to know something? He didn't like this movie. Really? He hated it. What? He absolutely hated this movie. He said that, um, yeah, he, he said he hated this movie. He said it portrayed me as just a clown and not a doctor. Like, he still does, like, clowning and stuff, and he actually does have a hospital that he built. That hospital is still around. And there's actually videos of him on YouTube, and I heard he's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. He said he hated the movie, but there was actually one thing he said he did like, though. He said he did like Robin Williams. He said he did like Robin Williams. That's good. I mean, that, that's good, though. He said the rest of the movie I absolutely hated.
0: He liked Robin Williams' performance, but not the movie.
1: Yeah, he said, uh, he said I hated the movie, but I liked Robin Williams. And you know what? And this is something I can actually see what he said. He says, you know, people watch a movie based on your life, and they think they know everything about
0: you. Yeah.
1: Obviously, they don't, yeah. So, yeah, because you know what? It's and I have like two more picks because you know what? It's like if the people who watch the movie and there's who are still alive, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they go to to the directors if they do some inaccuracies and go, Hey, that didn't happen. I should know. I was there. I should know. I was there. That didn't happen, right? Um. But you know what? That kind of goes into my next two picks. Because the subjects of these next two films are have been dead for years. Decades. No, they've been dead for centuries. What? Those, that's the next subject of my two films. What's your next film? The next one is, and you would think this is a silly pick, Pocahontas. The oh, Disney no. one. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Now I know what you're thinking, Bill. It's a Disney movie, of course it's going to be historically inaccurate. No, but yeah,
0: there's, yeah. There's other things. No, I, 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 I didn't even think of this, but I know you're talking. About, like, there's other things in this movie that are not true at all.
1: Yeah, and you know what? This was the beginning of the end of the Disney Renaissance. Yeah. Because okay, for those of you who don't know what the Disney Renaissance was, it was from nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety nine. It was basically from nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety nine, and that was the um the period when they were making great films such as Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin and The Lion King. And and this movie kind of had a lot to live up to in 19 in 1990 in 1991 Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture um was was nominated for Best Picture and it lost but that was like the first time and they were like thinking okay, if we made a film that was good enough to win Best Picture, I mean, to get nominated for Best Picture, we're going to make one that's good enough to win it. Mm -hmm. And around this time, Aladdin was in post-production, Lion King was in pre-production. So, and they were making Pocahontas, and Lion King was being made at the same time. And they actually took animators off the Lion King to work on Pocahontas, and they gave the Lion King to the B-Squad because they thought the Lion King was just going to be the little filler film and Pocahontas was going to be the big huge hit and actually it was the nice opposite versatile. ended up happening it was the opposite okay so now he now folks guess what i'm ga- i'm going to ruin your childhood yeah bill ruin it okay pocahontas's real name was actually Amanuti i'm probably butchering that name amanuti and pocahontas was actually Her nickname, it means the naughty one. And the big one is when the settlers came with what's his face, John Smith. Again, another Mel Gibson reference, (laughs) because Mel Gibson voiced him. Um, There was actually no romance between Pocahontas and John Smith. John Smith? Yeah. Pocahontas was only 10. John Smith was like twenty seven. what? Because in the film they portray they portray Pocahontas in like her late teens, maybe early twenties in like her late teens, maybe her early twenties when in reality that's insane when in reality she was only like 10 or eleven when John Smith got there yeah but um that's crazy but anyway um
0: i didn't even know i i i'm i'm new to this i
1: knew there was some stuff but i didn't know it was that see why you hang out with me you learn the weird random shit nobody want want to know and what do we call that random box with bill and okay more stuff about pocahontas here and smith did spend a few months with pocahontas tribe as a captive Mm-hmm. And while there, he and Pocahontas taught each other basic aspects of the respective language. Pocahontas would actually later marry an Indian warrior named Hokum when she was 14, and they had a son together. But, oh, wow. and oh boy, we're really going to get bad now. Pocahontas was not traded to the English. She was kidnapped and um, mm -mm, mm -mm, was not given, was not, it wasn't consensual. We're just going to say that. All right. Yeah, we're getting pretty dark here, folks. Um, Darkness with Bill. (laughs) And here's the, and here's the, um, other thing i said she didn't marry um john smith she ended up marrying john rolf this guy named john rolf and and here's the thing um yeah she ended up marrying a guy named john rolf and And she ended up... Yeah, this is going to really ruin everything. Um, remember how I said she proved that she was... Um, they portrayed her as like in her late 20s. I mean, late teens, early 20s. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Pocahontas actually was only twenty twenty one when she died. Really? Yeah. Wow, the more you know. Seriously. She was only 20. 20- 2021, when she died, she it says right here that in a ship that returned to Virginia, she became gravely ill.
0: Oh my god,
1: and it says that she may have been pregnant at the time. And she, um, yeah, yeah, she was she had spec. There was speculated causes like pneumonia, smallpox, tuberculosis, and hemorrhagic dysentery. And and she passed away in March of sixteen seventeen. Damn. And and here's the and also yeah, I'm trying to find her marriage. Yeah. I okay, that that Indian guy. I don't know if they were married, but she did met John, her and John Rolfe were married. Um, you know what? I'm curious about John Rolfe now. I'm just like super curious now. Like, her husband, John Rolfe, he went on for another damn, these people. They he was like 11, 10, 11 years older than Pocahontas, he died five years later. Nobody knows of what they did have a son together. And okay, you know, I want to know what happened to the real John Smith. But anyway, and a lot of the stuff that really happened, if you know American history when it comes to Native Americans, think really long and really hard here, folks. Yep. Really long and really hard. And John Smith, who was actually a captain in the English army, Mm -hmm. and he and he was part of London of the of the discovery, and you know he did meet Pocahontas, but again she was like ten, he was like seventeen. Oh no, he was like twenty-seven. Sorry, I was doing the math wrong. And he passed away in 1638 at the age of 51, which in those days, living to 50-something, that's like living to 80. Legit, yeah. In those days, that's like living to 80. But, yeah, so, you know, before we go on to my last pick, do you think, um, do you think it's kind of messed up that Disney did a did a story about some about someone like Pocahontas, which has a very darker story than what we saw. Um,
0: I mean, what, does it make sense to me that they did it? I mean, I mean, I think they were just trying to go through their their repertoire of Disney princesses or princess-like characters
1: that they can go hmm. through. What should we do? We had a hit with Little Mermaid. We had a hit with um, we had a hit with Beauty and the Beast. We had a hit with. Aladdin. We have. Hey, with the Lion King. What are we gonna do next? Oh, I got an idea. Let's do a story about a Native American girl with story with stories about and genocide and also kidnapping. Let's do that. Exactly. Oh, okay. But we got to keep all the non-consensual activity, genocide, and all that. We got to keep that out because you know, for kids, we got to keep all that out. So. I think at the end of the day, it's a little messed up that Disney did a story like that, but you know, they do, they did sanitize it, you know. Right. And yeah, sorry, folks, I ruined your childhood. Um, Oh, God, it's it's all good, Bill. We all know it. Yeah, so anyway, okay, and here's my last pick and this was something that Matt Hemsley brought up in the the chat.
0: This is your last pick?
1: This is my last pick. All right, and then we'll go to the chat board afterwards. Go ahead. And that is the movie Amadeus. How do you spell that? Amadeus. A M A D E U S. Oh, the Beethoven one. Mozart. Mozart. Sorry, Mozart. Yes, Mozart. So, okay. For those of you who don't know this, this is the story of the life of the life and times of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Um, This is the... Okay, but this is actually told through the eyes of Mozart's rival. We'll get to that in a second. Yep. This is told through the eyes of, of a rival, of Mozart's rival, Antonio Solieri. And, okay, a lot of people who are big, who are, like, huge fans of Mozart's music, hate this movie. Okay. Because there's so many historical inaccuracies. And it did end up, it did end up winning Best Picture, though. Oh, really? It was actually directed by Miles Forman, the same guy who gave us One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest it out. So anyway, I'm going to tell you some of the stuff that you didn't think was true, but it's actually true. And then we get into the fun shit. Sound good? Okay, sounds good. The stuff that was true is they kind of portrayed Mozart as kind of very juvenile and very and very ju- enjoying sex jokes and getting drunk. Because if you're a really big fan of, if you're like a more conservative person and you think his music is beautiful, which his music is absolutely beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Correct. But you would think, and, some, and he also fooled around a lot with women who were not his wife. And a lot of people thought, oh, that's so not true. It actually was. Like, if you look at diaries that he wrote, he was writing to a family member, and one of them said, oh, my ass hurts, it's burning so bad. He actually wrote that, and he actually enjoyed a lot of sex jokes. He actually wrote a song that was supposed to be just a song for his friends. That was a song for his friends called Lick My Ass, Lick It Clean. Really? He actually wrote a song that says that that i kid you not
0: and kiss wrote a song called lick it up just saying (laughs) what was that and kiss wrote a song called lick it up
1: hey i wonder if that was inspired by that i'm just probably not anyways but anyway um yeah and a lot of the things that they um yeah here was the thing that and like here's a bunch of other things here The um okay, it's this is coming mostly from Solieri's point of view. Solieri they said that Solieri and Mozart had a rivalry. Their rivalry was I think it was more professional. Okay. Because on a personal level, from what I've read up on this. From a personal level, they actually did have a lot of respect for one another. Okay. I don't know if they were friends in real life, but they did have a lot of respect for one another. Right. And it's going off that Solieri hated Mozart. And the big one, we're getting to that one in a second. I swear we're getting to that one. No worries. Um, but then... And, but, you know, like an also big one is that solieri you know, with the respect with solieri and mozart Solieri actually taught Mozart's son after Mozart died. Wow. So I'm sure they had some sort of respect for one another. And the film does go off that Solieri was not, that Solieri was basically a loser and nobody liked him. That's actually, again, not true. He was actually very well, res- he was actually a very well respected composer at the time. He wrote a lot of operas, but around this time, this was like when German nationalism was coming up, and Solieri's Italian and Italian nationalism was coming up. And a lot of the operas back then were in Italian. Yeah. And people like Mozart were leading the charge that they wanted more operas and German. So I think that was really the big, that that was really the big thing. And I think also in this film, I haven't seen it in a while, but also in this film, they showed that Mozart was kind of lazy, but no, he worked really hard on his music. And I mean, back then they always did. Beethoven and him, they always did they always worked hard on their music and and like okay like this is something that's true yet false at the same time like the strangest part of the movie which you didn't think really happened it did a mysterious stranger comes to Mozart's house and tells him and gives him a commission to write a requiem mass or a funeral mass, a guy in a mask comes and goes. We have a commission for you. Who is? It? It's a rec- it's a requiem mass. Going. Who is dead? A man who couldn't afford a requiem mass. Going. You will be paid very well. And he takes the money. He goes work very fast and hard. I will see you again. And I think they portrayed it in the film that it was Solieri, but it wasn't. Someone did come. No, somebody came out of nowhere and commissioned Mozart to write a Requiem. That part actually happened, but it wasn't Solieri. It was actually someone who was trying to pay off his debts or something like that. I don't remember. But yeah, but now here is also one more thing before we get to the big one. Yeah. Saying that Solieri, because he's saying that he offered up his chastity to be a great composer. So you're thinking, okay, this guy never married, never had kids. Now he had eight kids and he got married and he was also um, screwing around. So yeah, he did not offer his chastity. That was totally false. Okay. Now it's time for the big one the big inaccuracy. That oh this is the one that critics of movie have a heart attack. It is portrayed in the movie that Solieri killed Mozart. That Solieri killed Mozart. That is one hundred percent false. It because the movie starts. Solieri's in his house. And like all his friends are out there, like Solieri, come for dinner. If you don't, we're going to eat it all. Right. And he's yelling, Mozart, I confess, I killed you. And they walk in and show that um, Solieri tried to kill himself. And then he's taken to a. A psych ward, basically. Don't forget, this was like the 18th century. They didn't have mental health, but the advancements we have in mental health that we have today. I and agree. back then, they didn't have psychologists, they had priests. So a priest comes in and he sits down with Solieri, and Solieri's at his piano or har- harpsichord. He goes, My son, if you have something to say, say it. And he goes, Go away. And he goes, Wait a minute, do you know anything about music? I know a little bit. I'm going, Okay, do you know this? And he, plays first two pieces and the priest is like, never heard them. He goes, okay, you, you probably know this one. Dun, 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 And the priest starts singing along and goes, oh, I didn't know you wrote that. I'm sorry. That's charming. I, go, I didn't. And then that's the big framing device. Solieri's actually in confession and telling the priest the story. Mm-hmm. And the movie does frame That Solieri killed Mozart. Oh, man. But here's, there are, okay, sorry if I'm going on and on here, but here's what really happened. Because Solieri didn't kill Mozart, but because there were writings from Mozart near his death that he said he felt like he was writing the Requiem for himself.
0: Mm.
1: He said, I feel like I'm writing the Requiem for myself. I feel... Because here was the big line. I was poisoned. I feel like I've been poisoned. And, and, yeah, he said, I feel like I've been poisoned. So every... And then... After Mozart died, that started off as a rumor. But then, as time went on, it became a whole out conspiracy that Solieri killed Mozart. And at the time, like with the movie, the way how he frames it, I'm going to give the movie this. as you know Doug Walker did an editorial on this and he said who's telling the story solieri and you know in factual in factual parts at this point of his life solieri was very old and he was also struggling with dementia at this point right so he was very sick so solieri wasn't exactly all there When he was saying, I confess, I killed you. Again, that could have been his dementia. Again, not much was known about medical stuff back then. And with conspiracies, guys, this was before Twitter was even a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People, it was just word of mouth. And. And. When he's saying, I killed you. Again, that could have been his dementia, because at this point, he wasn't exactly all there. And, and you know, getting back to what Doug Walter said, who's telling the story of the film? Solieri. So it's more like in his mind, because it makes me think of, there's a recent movie out called Tick, Tick, Boom, which is about Jonathan Larson, the guy who wrote Rent. And they're, right. in the beginning of the film, they say, this is all a true story, except for the parts that John made up.
0: <laughs> so
1: I think it's sort of like that because... Again, Solieri wasn't all there at the time. And maybe this is coming from what he thought happened. But there was actually diary writings to a former pupil who became a friend of his in like, in before he died, saying, I just want you to know that rumor that is going around that I killed Mozart is not true. I did not kill him. So, yeah, but that. That rumor first, it just started as a rumor. Then it became a conspiracy that actually then came the basis for a play called Mozart and Solieri, which eventually became which eventually became Amadeus. And you know who was actually Mozart in the um, in the first on-stage production of Amadeus? Who? Mark Hamill. Get out, really? Yeah, well, he doesn't play him here, but... I know, but... In the yeah. on-stage production, he... Yeah, I think he played Mozart. Um, I had no idea. That's incredible. And, yeah, Luke Skywalker and the Joker himself, but... Crazy. Yeah, but you know what I think the thing is, and I just said this about Pocahontas, I think with other movies, I think when the people who were there, they can easily speak up and say no, that didn't happen. And say, no, that didn't happen. But I think when you look at something like Pocahontas or Mozart or Pocahontas or Amadeus, because these people have been dead for centuries. You know? Yeah. Because they've been dead for centuries and mostly everybody in this film is dead. Yeah. And mostly everybody in this film is dead. No, 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 wait, let me correct that. Everyone in this film is dead. Yeah, (laughs) they've been dead for a while. So they can't really speak on the matter. No. But while if you make a film with historical events and the people are still alive. Right. They can say, yeah, that didn't happen. But when they're dead, they're like, oh, we can do whatever they want. They're not going to come after me. They're dead. All their descendants are dead. So basically, yeah, we we basically basically got free reign. Yeah, free reign. Like Mozart's dead. His wife's dead. All his family's dead. We're free. Or Pocahontas. Bet all her family's gone, unless it's her 20 times great, 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 great granddaughter. So guess what? We're free. So yeah, I think that's the thing with historical accuracy. That's my list. You know what I think it's time we do? I think it's time we check the chat board. All right. Thank you, everyone
0: who's been tuning in for the, the past little while. Thank you so much. So, first things first, So, someone brought up, someone in the chat board brought up um, the social network.
1: Yes. And Amadeus, which I just talked about. Yeah, we just talked about that. So, and the social network historically inaccurate movies that come to mind. I haven't seen the social network of you. I have not. I remember when it came out. I think it's 2010, 11. I forgot.
0: But uh, I remember when it came out. And that's about it. So I can't really comment. I can't comment on it specifically, but I do know that it was, I do know that there were some things wrong about it as far as
1: I know. Yeah, I didn't see it. So I can't really say that. Um, yeah. Joe um, Wiley. This is when I was talking about Sound of Music. How can you ignore the wonderful music of Rodgers and Hammerstein? And it's one of their top musicals. No, um, um Joe. Um, there are actually some songs from the Sound of Music that I do actually like. Um and I do think Rogers and Hammerstein are absolute geniuses. Um yeah, I there are some songs I like, but you know, I just wasn't a big fan of sound and music. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Matt Hemsley coming through the clutch. Matt Hemsley's wait. coming through the clutch, my friend. Okay. If you read this second if you read the third paragraph of the wiki page for JFK, they talk about the oh, okay, we gotta look at this now. We're going back to JFK for a second. All right, we're going back to JFK for one sec. Guess who we owe the thanks to? Matt Emsley. Matt Emsley, Matt Emsley coming in the clutch. All right. Okay. The film involved in controversy at the time of its relief upon its theatrical release. New Many major American newspapers and editorials accusing Stones of taking liberties with historical facts, including the film's implication that Kennedy's own vice president and eventual successor, Lyndon Johnson, was part of a coup d'etat to kill Kennedy. Despite the controversy depiction, JFK received critical praise for the performances and cast. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Matt, again, I haven't seen JFK, so I can't say anything myself. But from what I heard, it is the opposite of what you guys are saying, that the film is a giant conspiracy theory. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, like, I didn't see it either. So, Matt, we apologize. Thank you for looking that up. Yeah, sorry, bud. At least um, he brought that up in the chat board, though. That's good hey, no, know. no, Matt. Matt Hemsley coming in the clutch.
0: Yeah. He was commenting on Pocahontas as well.
1: Yeah. I went to the American Museum in DC in Pocahontas and they had a section where they talked about some of the inaccuracies of Pocahontas. That's actually pretty funny. You know what? Like I will say about Pocahontas just for one quick second. Um it's a Disney movie. Did they really do you really think the people who made this film were gonna be up all night reading books about Pocahontas and say, okay, we're gonna be very historically accurate? No. No, of course not. No, 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 no. And again, because if you read the actual stories of Pocahontas, a lot of it's quite saying it's dark is an understatement. Yeah. 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 A lot of what really happened is just downright gruesome. Unfortunately,
0: that's that's the way. So do
1: you out. really think they're going to show that in a movie for kids? No,
0: of course they're, not.
1: They're going to make it a kid movie. They're going to make it... They're going to sanitize it. They're going to make it Disney-like. But, yeah, yeah I'm not right. a big fan of Pocahontas, but that has, that has nothing to do with the historic inaccuracies. I just think it's boring. I tend to agree. I just um, think it's boring.
0: Can you think of any others off the
1: top of your head? Any others? Can you? I,
0: I'm at a loss. I mean, this was a very tough one for me
1: from the get-go, so I just wanted to get you... Yeah, there. sorry I kind of took over everything here. No, no,
0: believe me. You're, you're completely fine. I... I actually wanted you to for a little bit because I need to help with some of the topics.
1: Okay, um, let's see. What any chat board want to help us out here? Because I know there's like thousand. Hold on, I haven't seen it, but I heard three hundred is like historically inaccurate. I ha- why have I heard this too? In a- in essence, th- three hundred is a retelling of. Herodotus, the account of the battle of Thera. I cannot pronounce these words.
0: It's a Greek methodical thing, too.
1: Yeah, a lot of... But again, it's one of those things, like we talked about with Amadeus and Pocahontas, the people who are a part of the story have been dead for centuries. Yeah, and plus it's
0: also based off a comic book run, too. It's based okay. off the 1998 comic book series by Frank Miller.
1: Was this before or after he went crazy? Oh, uh, 1998, so I don't know. Okay, this was before he went crazy. I mean, that's just me, but... We did... Len- well,
0: I mean, Lenodius- the, story, the story was based off a comic book run, so I mean, technically, he had to get some historical information in there, but I don't think it's like, completely based on history in
1: general. No, but a lot of people said there was historical inaccuracies with the movie. Were the Were the Aphoros really misshaping corrupt priests to the gods who forbade Linodias to go to war? No, 300 diverges strongly from the history in this scene. Ephorus was T's <coughs> elected for a term of one year to lead the government in administer Sparta. They were proven hoplites like ones with Linodias at the. Their malite, but their political role strongly counterbalances that of the kings. Thus, they would likely have the decisive word with regard to delay and full mobilization after the Carnia. And this decision would likely reflected the Spartan consensus position Leonidas and the 300 would have traveled north. Yeah, because I remember I had a history professor when I was in college who hated this movie. Oh, really? Because it was so historically inaccurate. Wow, because I mean, if,
0: if it's a history teacher, too, so.
1: Yeah, if it's a professor, you know. Yeah. Because they probably know what really happened. Probably. I was thinking about 302, two. Oh, Guess what that means, Matt. Sorry, JT. We swipe right. Damn. Matt, we swiped right. That's right. Um, um. I was thinking. I've only seen parts of it, but I have two different professors in college complain about the inaccuracies of 300. Well, one, a, the two defenses of that is one, it's based mostly on a comic, like JT said. Yeah. And two, like I said, what we say with Amadeus and Pocahontas, like these are people who've been dead for centuries. So, yeah. I don't think they have really much to say on the topic. Um, yeah. Anything? Hold on. Let me look at a list. On. I next. I'm at it. I'm drawing a blank. It's up to you. Like but I, I'm, I'm
0: good on my end. If you're good. I think we. I think we've kind of scraped the barrel a little bit too.
1: I think we might be. Um. Oh yeah, I have this list. We keep going back at JFK for some weird reason, but one of the things, and we'll make this quick, it said that the CIA had a close relationship with Lee Harvey Oswald. And they knew who really killed him, so who really killed Kennedy. So All right. Okay, so that's done. So JT, I'm gonna be honest, my brain is dead right now after all that
0: i completely agree with you bill but ultimately guys it's what you guys have to say
1: it's what you have to say this was an so, interesting topic folks yes i
0: i was very thrilled to do this as well with bill i mean i thought doing this topic in general was tough for me because i could only come up with three films bill came up with like four or five maybe six at most and we went to you guys in the chat board as well but ultimately, it's what you guys have to say but let's jump down to the comments section below share this video like it on like us on facebook follow us on instagram and twitter Simply at the Superview Show on all platforms as well. And uh, I believe it's 2022, so happy new year. And, uh,
1: Bill, you have a podcast? Sports Insanity podcast. Check us out. We are on all platforms. And don't forget to check out the network. because tomorrow. And don't forget to check us out tomorrow for Thursday Night Gridiron. Yes. As we're going to be talking about the AFC playoff picture. We're also going to be talking about the two games that have been flexed to Saturday. So we're going to be talking about that. Don't miss it.
0: 7 p.m. Yeah, they do. I've said this before. I'll say it again. They do a fantastic job over there at the Sports and Sanity Network. We love them. They're great. They're super awesome. And Bill comes on here every week, and We do this all the time. And tune in tomorrow for our second edition of our new show we started called Career, Career Retrospectives with a new member of the Superview Show team. His name is Kyle. He's officially joined us. As I want to make that announcement. Welcome, Kyle. Yes, Kyle Q. Welcome to the club. And uh, we were all we do on that show is where we talk about we talk about we t- we pick an artist, we break down their entire discography or a specific album, and we just talk about it for an hour. or So, so what tune in tomorrow for that tomorrow? as well. What's that? What's that what film? time are you guys doing it tomorrow? Same time, around six or seven o'clock at night. Ooh,
1: we might be in competition tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you for so watching. Ass, I'm going to be doing gridiron.
0: Yeah, I know, Um, and then then we'll talk about that later. But yeah, thank you so much for watching and listening. You guys are outstanding. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Mixed Bag.